the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get underway now at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. On a Wednesday, the 11th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Appreciate you being with us. Well, they've done it again. Another day, another new record high in gas prices, crippling the American economy, expanding American inflation, crushing American dreams. That is very literally where we are right now. Another new high in record gas prices, and at the same time, we found out this morning that the April inflation was worse than it was expected to be. Last month, or actually the previous month in March, we had a record high, 40-year record high, 8.5% inflation rate. That's 8.5% in the consumer price index. This month, or this past month, now that we are getting the new number for April, was expected to still be extraordinarily high at 8.1%. It was worse than that. It was 8.3%. So essentially, another month of record highs. 
of American inflation. This is, of course, completely and totally unsustainable because if prices continue to rise on average Americans while wages of average Americans don't match that increase, then Americans lose money every month. I, I, I'm not an economist. My degree is in English and communications, not economics. But you don't have to be a student of economics to understand that any more than you have to be a biologist to understand what a woman is. You do not need a degree in economics to know that if prices continue to rise for average Americans and their wages do not continue to rise accordingly, if they don't match the increase of costs, well, then Americans lose money every month. If this continues for three months, Americans lose money for three months. If this continues month after month after month after month, and at this point in time, there is absolutely zero reason to believe that it will not, because the Brandon administration held a press conference yesterday to talk about inflation and included in his solutions to the inflation crisis were, well, um, nothing. Do you understand that? Nothing. President Brandon took to the microphone yesterday and told the press that inflation is bad, but it's not his fault. It's COVID's fault, and it's Putin's fault, and to some extent, it's ultra-mega fault. But he offered this in the range of solutions. That's it. That's all we got out of President Brandon yesterday. So there is no reason to think that this isn't going to happen again, that you're going to lose more money in April than you did in March. You're going to lose more money in May than you did in April. You're going to lose more money in June, and so on and so on and so on. Because nothing is going to change. The policies remain the same. That is the very definition of unsustainable. How far can you watch your monthly budget go underwater before you end up having to do, to make drastic decisions bankruptcy style decisions giving up and selling off property type decisions pulling your kids out of their private school type decisions abandoning your plans to send your kids to college type decisions When the economy continues on the track that it is, and inflation continues to grow at an unchecked rate, and your wages don't match, each month you get a little bit closer to being broke. I'm not saying that to be melodramatic, although it is melodramatic. And I'm not saying that to to scare you, although you should be scared. I'm saying this as a matter of fact. It's just simply... Something that cannot be avoided. Now, yesterday, at his little press conference, talking about the cost of living in the United States of America and how it's COVID's fault, of course. By the way, do you remember? I'm old enough to remember a presidential campaign in which Joe Brandon declared throughout the summer and fall of 2020 that Donald Trump doesn't have any idea how to deal with COVID. I do. I know how to defeat COVID, and I will. 
Well, that was, that was in the summer of 2020. We're now in May and pushing up toward the summer of 2022. He's been in office for around 15 months, 16, 17 months, actually. Remember that answer you had for COVID? Remember that cure you had for COVID? Remember that plan you had for dealing with COVID? Well, then why did it kick your royal red A, Brandon? Now you're blaming it 16, 17 months into your administration for inflation. What happened to the plan that you had to deal with COVID? And why didn't you deal with it? We'll wait for an answer. Although we waited yesterday throughout that entire ridiculous uh, press conference and got nothing. So he blamed it on COVID. Then he blamed it on Putin, which, of course, has uh, been, you know, the... The, the the credo, if you will, for from the administration to answer this. Everybody is, has the same talking points. Putin's price hike. Hashtag on the DNC Twitter feed, Putin's price hike. Hashtag on the White, White House Twitter feed, Putin's price hike. Putin, 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 price hike, price hike, price hike. It has nothing to do with Vladimir Putin. No, let me rephrase. Some of the last two months have had something to do with the war in Eastern Europe, yes. But the inflation... And the rise in gas prices have been going on since day one of the branded administration. Since inauguration day, January 20th of 2021. That is when the Putin, or excuse me, when the Brandon price hike started. The Putin price hike was a very, very late add-on to this entire thing. Joe Brandon has gotten so frustrated with answering questions about what to do about the uh, about the uh, inflation problem and the American economy just being in a, in a on the brink of disaster. He's so frustrated with it, and he's so tired of answering it. Yesterday, he went ahead and let the the truth slip out. In that press conference, he was asked specifically about why you think Americans blame you for this, and should Americans blame you? Should you take some 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 blame for this? And Brandon, in his frustration, probably in his uh, annoyance, I guess, with being asked the same thing over and over and over again, President Brandon actually admitted the truth and said, yeah, well, <laughs> we are in power. It kind of is on us, isn't it? I believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation. And do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? First is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. <laughs> You're justifiably right. We control all three branches of government. First of all, you don't understand the American government system. You don't control the three branches. The branches are executive, judicial, and legislative. You control the two legislative chambers, the House and the Senate, along with the Oval Office. That's three elements. You don't control all three branches of government. Learn the job for which you ha- uh, that you have been given or that you and your party have stolen. Learn what you are. But let's focus on the reality here. He's admitting. He said, the reporter said, why do you think people are blaming you when you're blaming Putin? He said, because we're in power. Ding, 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 ding. And you're justifiably right, because we control the government. Ding, 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 ding. 
Thank you, Joe Brandon, for just handing the midterm tsunami directly to us, to the conservative movement that knows the reason this country is in the economic condition it is, is because of demon rat Brandon-style policies. When you, on day one, sign your name to executive orders ending the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, when you sign your Joe Brandon to a piece of paper that is an executive order to ban fracking on federal lands, when you sign your Joe Brandon on a piece of paper that is an executive order to withdraw leases for expanded drilling in Anwar and offshore in another federal lands, when you do these things, you guarantee an energy crisis. A country that enjoyed energy independence as a net exporter of energy for the four years of the Trump administration, what you like to call ultra-MAGA. And if that, by the way, is ultra-MAGA, then... Can you dig it? Then ultra-MAGA be we. When you take energy independence and when you take being a net exporter of energy and you flip it around to make us energy dependent on foreign countries, then we are at the risk of losing our energy when foreign countries go to war. So even if you want to sit here and call it with your cute little phrasing, Putin price hike, you put us in the position to be to be impacted so negatively by a radical, wild Putin invasion of Ukraine. The moment you put your Joe Biden on the dotted line on those orders, you put America in economic calamity, in an economic jeopardy that was guaranteed to become a calamity. And that's where we sit right now. So, yes, thank you for acknowledging you are in power. Thank you for acknowledging that you do control the government, and the government is responsible for the state of the American economy and the budgets of the American people today. Moms can't feed their babies. I've been trying to process that. My wife and I, I remember very distinctly feeding my children when they were little infants, And I was talking to my wife about it yesterday and again this morning before we parted ways for work. Can you imagine not having baby formula for children when they were infants? I remember going to get it. I remember going to pick it up at Costco, then at Sam's Club. I remember how much we relied upon it, how important it was, and what we would do if we didn't have formula to feed our children. Now, millions of American mothers who don't breastfeed or can't, who rely upon that formula as we did, can't feed their kids because they can't get it. And if they do end up being able to get it, if they are able to, they're going to pay another extraordinary price for it. Because to deliver to shelves is cost, cost what's truck, what are truckers paying? What five fifty five a gallon? It costs two grand to fill up, two grand to fill up an eight, eighteen wheeler. Americans cannot survive two more years plus of Brandon economic policies. We can't. Because unlike the federal government, we can't run a $30 trillion plus debt. 
We can't run that. We can't just say, hey, creditors, sorry about that. I know we owe you even more, but don't have it. We're going to continue to spend how we spend anyway. Households can't do that. Families can't do that. Family budgets do not allow us to run crippling deficits every quarter and adding more and more to our family debt every year. We can't do it. Foreclosure happens. Repossession happens. Sell-offs happen. Homelessness happens. We have to manage our budgets responsibly, unlike you and the rest of the federal government. If we have more going out than we have coming in, we have to change the way we live. And we can't do that for another two and a half years of the Brandon policies. 216 is the number to join. I want you to talk about how this inflation is affecting you and your family. I want you to tell me what you're doing to try to make this work, how you plan to survive, not just the next you know six months until the election, because it isn't going to magically change the minute the Republicans take over. Hold that music for me. We still have to do our pledge. But I want to know how you feel about it and how you plan to handle it. Not just for the next six months, but for the next two years and six months of Brandon policies where he admits, yeah, we're in power and we're the ones making the decisions. Yeah. How do you, hand, how do you uh, plan to deal with it? 216-901-0945, Now, I always start our show with a pledge. I'm a little late to it here, but we will get it in before uh, the first break. So, Patriots, go ahead and please stand. Face your flag if you have one. Put your hand on your heart and join us. If you are a Brandon supporter and you are just A-OK with all of this, well, then you go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now we can cue that music up and get us into that first one. I believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation. And do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? First is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. Yes, indeed. That's the reality. I want to talk to you about it. We are guest-free today, so pretty much open lines. Let's do it together on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine twenty-six now. Correction nine twenty-seven on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Yeah, when economic news continues to be this negative, this depressing, uh, you cannot help but start to take stock and say, "What are we going to do if it doesn't flip? If it doesn't change?" Because everybody is going to have some very, very difficult decisions to make. As I noted, you know, moms, I don't know what you're going to do, moms, dads, when it comes to the to the baby food shortage, and I don't also understand. Now, this is just part. Part ignorance on my part. I, 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 I'll, I'll acknowledge it. I don't understand why a particular item, if the supply chain is disrupted, which it has been, also due to Brandon policies in so many ways that have been that have been chronicled. But if the supply chain, meaning goods that we get from, 
you know, either local producers or from international producers. If the supply chain is so disrupted, why and how does one particular type of an item bear the brunt of that? For example, we've been dealing with a national chicken wing shortage now for several months. Don't know what that means. Don't know why. Why wings specifically? Why not chicken breast? Why not chicken thighs? Why not the other parts of chickens? Why chicken wings, which are made specifically in a certain way? Why are those short? And why is baby food? Of all of the different food items, and we know there, again, there are reasons for for everything. Not always justifiable, but there are explanations. Why baby food, of all things? Because it just creates so much fear, so much panic, and so much chaos. And I'm going to offer a theory. I don't have anything to back it up except my, my, my recognition and my observation of recent history and leftist tactics. The best way to control a population is to frighten a population. They use fear-mongering as a tool. They use fear-mongering when it comes to COVID and forced jabs and forced masking and forced school closures and forced business closure and so on and so forth telling you that if you don't do these things, you're going to die. They use fear, and it's a pretty doggone good weapon. I can't understand for the life of me why baby formula would be any more or less impacted by a supply chain disruption than any other food item or any other items, period. So I'm going to go ahead and offer the theory, and it's just that, that this is a part of the fear-mongering. What will frighten a mother more knowing that they've got a screaming, crying, hungry child and there's no formula? They're not old enough for solid foods yet. Mom is unable to breastfeed for one reason or another, and there are millions and millions of mothers for whom this applies, and they've got nothing to feed their babies. What will make a person more desperate to say, I'll do whatever you want? I'll do whatever you want, big daddy government. I'll do whatever you ask of me. Help me feed my child. Fear is an extraordinarily powerful weapon, and it has been used against the people of this country by the leadership of this country time and time again. That's just a theory, but I would love your thoughts on it. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. It's 930. We'll get news. We'll come back. We'll talk to you. We've got a lot more news on AM 1420, The Answer. Of happiness. Always right radio with Bob France on the answer. You know, I, I just off topic for a quick sec here. I am so sick and tired of the left and its constant racism. I this just a headline in one of my news pages Fed board to get its first black female governor. Lisa Cook, an economic professor at uh, Michigan State University, was confirmed by the Senate to serve on the Federal Reserve Board. Her term will run to January 2024. First black female governor on the board uh, uh, board of governors, Federal Reserve Board. How about that? Isn't that super? 
if this thing had just said Fed board gets Michigan State professor Lisa Cook uh, as new board member, what, what would it even be a story? Would it be a would it be a headline? Would, does it do they make announcements like this? No, they have to make an announcement like this so that they can continue to perpetuate their racism or their focus on race. And when I say it's racism to do these kind of things, it is because it's to suggest that America has been so racist in its past that it's never had a black female on the on the Federal Reserve Board before. It's just the constant harping. It's just like I asked Peter Kersenow yesterday. Just like I asked him yesterday when I said, do you know about the sexual uh, proclivities of Jay Carney, former uh, uh, former uh, uh, press secretary? Do you know the sexual, pro- sexual proclivities of um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders or of Kayleigh McEnany? Or of any, I think I listed for him 20 previous press secretaries going back through through the years, all the way to Ari Fleischer. I, I never knew anything about their sex lives. You want to know why? Because I don't care about their sex lives. No one cares. Nobody asked. Nobody needed to know. Can you do the job for which you have been tasked or with which you have been tasked? That's the question. Nobody cares about your sex life, but... With propaganda Patty leaving, and they replaced her or are replacing her in two days with, uh, what's her name, Corrine? Corrine Jean-Pierre, I think it is. The headlines are, first black, openly gay press secretary. As if you need to know that she likes to sleep with women. How on earth is that newsworthy? Why is her skin color newsworthy? I don't care. You know who cares about the constant drumbeat of skin color headlines? Racists. And the people who write them and the people who choose to fill positions with people who are of a certain color, a certain ethnicity, or a certain sexual proclivity lifestyle, the only people who choose those things are liberal Democrats because they don't care about merit. They don't care about qualifications. They care about checking identity boxes so that they can get those identities to support them in future elections. Look what we did. We picked a trans uh, uh, dude named Richard Levine uh, to be in the uh, in the cabinet. Look what we did. We picked a cross-dresser to serve. I can't remember where that nut job uh, um I don't know what he identifies as, but it doesn't matter. But we picked this person. Please vote for us, LGBTQ. Same thing. We got a new incoming press secretary. Did you know she likes to sleep with other women? Yeah, and she's a woman herself. So, hey, gay people, make sure you vote for us. This is all they care about, advancing the notion that America is systemically bigoted, prejudiced, and racist in order to curry favor with special groups, special identification groups. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ranting on this. I literally just saw the story. It came across my news, uh, and I thought to myself, I, I don't know who this person is. I've never heard of this economics professor from Michigan State University who's going to serve on the Federal Reserve Board. And quite frankly, I don't care. But they had to make a point of putting it in a headline that she is the first black woman to serve on the board, as if that makes it somehow better. 
she's better, she more qualified because she's a black woman, or are you suge- suggesting she's probably not as qualified as somebody else, but history has been made here in the same way history was made uh, in selecting uh, Kamala Harris. History was made. That's super. She's terrible at her job. She's unqualified. She is horrific as a public speaker. She is unprepared in, in, in even prepared remarks. But she's historic. She's a female, and she's black, or some combination of Jamaican and, and, and Indian, uh, not African. But you understand the point here. I'm just so over the constant drumbeat of race and racism being advanced by the American left from a policy and a a politician standpoint and from a media standpoint. It is just so much garbage. I don't care. Only racists care. I see people, and normal people see people, and they see people for their qualifications, for their ideology perhaps, and I don't give a rip what sexuality Sonia Sotomayor is or what color she is or what her ethnicity is. I don't give a rip what Amy Coney Barrett's is either, but these are two Supreme Court justices, one of whom I supported, one of whom I didn't, that had nothing to do with their color or their sexual proclivities. It had everything to do with their commitment to constitutional originalism. That's it. That's it. TJ's in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, I think you've seen it. Most people seen it, that black woman in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral uh, oh. with her simulated abortion. Yeah. Now, that was shocking. But I'm going to tell you what shocked me even more, Bob. When they showed that church in Los Angeles, Catholic Church, and when them protesters broke in during Mass, and our fellow Catholics were yelling out, why are you doing this? We're on your side. We're on your side. That shocked me. I'm thinking, what do you mean you're on their side? Well, you know, I'm going to handle inflation, I'm thinking, more and more. Instead of giving money to the church, I can use that money for gas and increase food prices. And one other thing I'd like to say about, like, this the baby formula, it doesn't surprise me. You know, the babies the left can't kill, they're going to try to starve, you know, out of existence. I mean, the same thing Joe Stalin did, and I'll refer to him from now on as Joe Stalin Brandon. But uh, and, and one other point, quick point, mm-hmm. I look at uh, Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood to try to abort the black community out of existence, and now that's kind of backfiring on them, because it's mostly the libtards that are aborting their children. They're actually aborting themselves out of existence. Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Thank you, TJ, for the call. A lot of really important stuff there to kind of chew on. Um, you're right. They, it, it is it is. Amazing to me, particularly because the liberal politicians, the leftist uh, leadership of this country, continuing in the in the manner I mentioned a moment ago in my commentary on on race, continuing to try to portray themselves as being the uh, the champion of the of the underserved black population. We are here to help the black population. They try to proclaim that they try to uh, to identify themselves as being a friend to the black community. And yet, through their support for all abortion at all times, whenever they want, uh, they being mothers, not particularly any color of mother, but all, all abortions at any time, any stage of gestation, when they do this kind of thing and they scream for Roe, they're killing more black kids than they are white kids by an enormous number, despite the black population being so much smaller than the white population. 
And as I've said, and as you've pointed out, Margaret Sanger, her goal was indeed through Planned Parenthood to exterminate or at the very least limit the growth of the population of the undesirables in the communities, one of which she made very clear was black people. And that's why Planned Parenthood clinics are built where they are. Over 75% of Planned Parenthood clinics are built within walking distance of urban center neighborhoods so that uh, typically who lives in the urban centers? Minorities, so that they will have easier access to limit their own population. And the left just continues this way as if, you know, as if people don't notice. They give lip service to trying to say, we're, you know, we're here for the black population. We're here for the underserved. We're here to uh, force equity and inclusion and all of this other nonsense when the reality of the situation is they're doing more to harm that population, particularly by killing its future leaders, its future participants, its future, uh, you know, members by, by abortion. And it's really just a remarkable, remarkable thing to behold. And I'm glad you recognized it. Thank you, TJ. Since you brought it up, and I hadn't talked about, about abortion yet because it's been the dominant and predominant story of the course over the course of the last several days, I, I do want to get this. Mitch McConnell takes a lot of heat from a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Mitch McConnell has been a terrific minority leader in the United States. In fact, was a terrific majority leader in the United States Senate when it came to confirming judges. Simply just, I mean, talk about a talk about a workhorse. He was just dogged in his determination to get as many conservative Trump appointed judges uh, through the simple and they they did it. They were warned. Harry Reid was warned. Do not trigger the nuclear option when it comes to um, uh, lowering the threshold for confirmation to judicial benches. But he did it. The judicial filibuster went away. He said, someday you're going to rue the day. And for four years, Mitch McConnell made him them rue the day by, by confirming uh, justice after justice after justice and judge after judge after judge um, through the court. So Mitch McConnell has done some good things. Mitch McConnell has also done some very, very bad things. But I want to highlight him here because Mitch McConnell yesterday went out of his way to just completely dress down his successor as majority leader, which of course is uh, Democrat Chuck Schumer, but to dress him down on what is going on right now, the specific targeting of Supreme Court justices for protests at their homes, for vile threats and intimidation, wherever they go. Today, by the way, is supposed to be walk-by Wednesday. They've declared today walk-by Wednesday, walk-by all six um, Republican-appointed Supreme Court justices' homes, screaming and chanting and parading in violation of federal law in an attempt to intimidate them. Well, Mitch McConnell took to the floor of the Senate yesterday to tell the truth, to remind everybody of th- that this isn't happening simply organically in the crowds of people who are upset about the potential overturn of Roe versus Wade. These people are following the direct- directions of their leadership. They're following the directions of Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, who told them just three short years ago that they needed to make the Republicans and their justices pay. Listen to what Mitch McConnell said. Two years ago. Sorry. 
two years ago. Correct. Thank you, uh, Leader McConnell. Not three years ago, two years ago. A Democratic leader rallied a crowd on the steps of the Supreme Court and threatened judges by name if they did not resolve an abortion case the way he wanted. Here was the quote. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. I'm going to pause it there because it lacks some of the impact when read in the very quiet and monotone voice of Leader McConnell. It carries a little bit more weight when you hear it from Chuck Schumer himself. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Now, I said this at the time on this very program, what I'm about to say again now. That's a direct threat. That's a direct threat on a Supreme Court justice, on two of them, because he identified by name Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. He said, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. Now, I said again, said it again, and I'm going to repeat it. If you say that to a politician, okay, to an extent, because you could simply mean you're going to pay the price at the ballot box. We're going to vote you out, right? I could say to Joe Brandon, if he continues to uh, waste money with, with wasteful spending and advance Green New Deal agendas and so on and so forth, you will pay the price. Because, I mean, politically, we can vote him out, right? But when you say that to a Supreme Court justice, you can't mean politically. Because he's not elected, or she's not elected. They're appointed to lifetime terms. They can't pay a political price. The only price that he could mean would be a literal price. This was a threat on the bodily safety of these Supreme Court justices. And now that Roe versus Wade might be overturned because of that draft opinion being leaked, now that we sit here in this situation and scores of left-wing Democrats are outside of these Supreme Court justices' homes yelling, intimidating, yelling, intimidating and harassing them, in other words, threatening them, them the way Chuck Schumer did, it has to be taken seriously. And it especially needs to be taken seriously when you also consider that the President of the United States, as voiced by his mouthpiece, Jen Psaki, Propaganda Patty, wants the protests to continue outside of the judges' homes. Yesterday, we talked about how they won't condemn and tell people, do not do this. They're just kind of letting it sit there. Well, yesterday, after we had our show, they clarified. It's not just about letting it sit. They're actively encouraging it to continue outside the judges' homes. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that- did, did you hear it? Did you hear it? There have been protests that have been peaceful to date, and we continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. 
A direct violation of federal law being encouraged not just by the mouthpiece propaganda patty, but she said that's what Biden wants. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. That's the president's position. So Schumer says, you will reap the whirlwind. You will pay a price that you won't believe. These are unelected people, by the way. Now Roe versus Wade is potentially on its way out. And, and, and Joe Biden, in a higher position than even the majority leader, is saying we want these protests to continue outside of the judges' homes. We want them to be peaceful, but we want the intimidation tactics to continue. I'll be honest with you. I might be impeachable. That might be an impeachable point of view, an impeachable stance that was just taken by Joe Brandon by way of his mouthpiece, outgoing propaganda patty. 9.55, quick time out, right back. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Always Right Radio online at alwaysright.com, or excuse me, .us. I must give you the wrong one there. Alwaysright.us. Chose that for a reason, because that is exactly what we are all about on AM 1420, The Answer. Welcome to a Wednesday edition, hour number two, the 11th morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And what do you say we find out what is going on? Trending now on alwaysright.us. Top story on always right US, uh, dot US is indeed the inflation rate, 8.3%, still hovering at that 40-year high mark. Add to that gas prices, a new record high. Yesterday was a new record high. The day before that was a new record high. Each day it gets a little bit worse, and eventually we are going to run out of ways to, to handle and manage this uh, Bidenomics uh, and Bidenflation that we are all going through. So the April inflation rate, the first story, take a look at it. It's uh, go, it's on the marquee crawl across the top of the screen. Click it and read a little bit more. Although you probably don't read it, need to read it to know it, you're feeling it. People are facing real food poverty for the first time in a generation. That's a Breitbart story you can pick up at alwaysright.us. A CNN poll, 77% say that Joe Biden's economy is poor. That's the most in a decade, 77%. Pro-choicers picketing not just, and they call it, the pro-choicers is what they're calling it on Fox News. I call it pro-deathers. The opposite of life is death. Pro-deathers are also picketing Nancy Pelosi's house, claiming Democrats are complicit in the potential overturn of Roe versus Wade. How about that for karma? Groomer alert. They're now trying to get your kids... Through breakfast cereals. That's right. Kellogg's teaming up to put their cute little cartoon characters on the boxes with messages from GLAAD, the gay and lesbian and something, 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 something group. Again, the Alphabet Mafia. I'll tell you more about that story coming up in a few. Mitch McConnell ripping Chuck Schumer's intimidation tactics of the court. Talk to you about that already. Doctors 
rising up and calling Richard Rachel Levine a liar when Richard said that all physicians agree on gender-affirming care, meaning that they should be allowed to puberty block and hormone up young, confused kids. Doctors are saying it's not true. It's just that we're afraid to speak out so we don't get canceled. Two-thirds of Democrats approve, uh, disapprove of protests at SCOTUS homes, according to a Trafalgar poll. And Mitch McConnell ruling out abolishing the filibuster rule to pass that national abortion ban. Those are just some. The other one I want, uh, wanted to point out, I put this up there during the Prager show yesterday. And, and this is kind of important. I, w- I really do want to share this. Um, I, I won't play it on the air because I don't want to offend anybody with the graphic nature of the, uh, of the audio. But I do have it available for you to click on your own accord at alwayswrite.us. There's testimony. I may have mentioned it to you yesterday. There is testimony from a former abortion provider, abortion doctor, that was given three years ago in 2019 before the House Judiciary Committee. This doctor provides in excruciating detail. And when I say excruciating, I mean that kind of in two different ways. Uh, Sad to say, because one can only imagine uh, the trauma of, of enduring this. But Dr. Anthony Levitino, an OBGYN specialist who has performed countless numbers of abortions through his career before deciding he couldn't do it anymore. He testified before the Judiciary Committee for five minutes. It's a five-minute video. It's not going to take up much of your day. But if you think you are not, you know, if, you're, if your stomach is strong enough and if you're not squeamish and you think you can handle it, watch that five minutes as he describes in exact and excruciating detail how an abortion is performed at a second, second uh, uh, trimester. A second trimester abortion is performed. It will be very difficult for you to listen to. Again, there's no graphic pictures. There's no, you know, nothing traumatic in that regard. But it's just testimony. It was on TV on C-SPAN. It was carried live because it was in a congressional uh, committee hearing. But I want you to watch it because I want you to understand it and share it with any of your friends, family members, colleagues, coworkers, or whomever that you feel like you can talk about these things with if they are part of the pro-death cult. Ask them how they can justify such cruelty. Ask them how they can justify such torture and, and, uh, and murder. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I mean, we just have to start using words that, that describe it for what it is. But I want you to understand it and don't just you know, say, yeah, well, you know, it's a baby. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a choice. It's a baby. It's not a blob of pl- protoplasm or whatever it is that you're going to, you know, that they like to use. I want you to be exact. I want you to be precise. I want you to know. I was blown away by it when I watched it. It did make me very, very sad, very, very downtrodden, very, very um, melancholy as I just thought about it and, and, and understood that this happens thousands of times every day that babies go through this. And this is what the left, by the way, in addition to watching that and sharing it, I want to I want to talk very very briefly about that um, about that karma that I was mentioning with the left protesting not just at the Supreme Court justices' homes but outside the home in San Francisco of Nancy Pelosi saying you are complicit as well. I bring that up um, because of one of the lines in this from one of the protesters. They're screaming at Nancy Pelosi saying you haven't done enough to protect 
women's right to choose. Again, that's their vernacular. Mine is women's right to kill their children. Um, you haven't done enough. We are here, be, quote, we are here because the Democrat Party and the Democrats as a whole have been complicit in this whole thing. A female protester shouted through a bullhorn. She and others lined up behind a banner reading, and this is the line I wanted to get to, abortion on demand and without apology. That's what the big long banner line said. Abortion on demand. You know what that means? Not just pre-fetal heartbeat being detected, detected, not just first trimester, not just second, all the way through, on demand, without apology. We get to do what we want, when we want to, whatever uh, we have inside of us. Now, mind you, it's not their body anymore when we're talking about another body. This isn't one of their vital organs. This isn't about cutting out part of their body. They're cutting somebody else's body limb from limb. But they went on to say, we are here because this draft decision is what it is. It's only a draft, and we will protest here in front of the leadership of the Democrat Party and in the streets from coast to coast unceasingly because we work to keep abortion legal, legal and accessible, and not rare. Wait, what? Not rare. She went on to criticize the Democrat messaging about this issue from the 1990s, singling out then-First Lady Hillary Clinton. Quote, Hillary Clinton, who started the whole thing like abortion should be legal but rare, as if abortion is a tragedy. We are here to say abortion is a basic right, a basic human right, and without this right, women are basically enslaved, and we will not stand for it. They didn't like the phrasing of abortion being safe, legal, and rare. They don't want it to be rare. They want it to be widespread, on demand, any stage, for any reason. Not health of the mother, not life of the mother. Any time, any reason, just because we say so. Another protester yelled, Speaker Pelosi, this will be your legacy. 35 years of your reign of terror. You had a supermajority under former President Obama under which this should have been your top priority. Why did you leave, keep this on the table? Because this is your most effective fundraising tool. That's why. So they're livid at Pelosi and the Democrats for not doing more to ensure the butchery of more babies. Now and in perpetuity going forward. But they, they want you to know they don't want it to be rare. They don't want it to be something that is considered a sad event, a tragedy. They want to shout their abortions. They want to shout them. They want to cheer them. They want to be, uh, they want to be celebrated for them. And I think everybody should know. Everybody should know. If you, again, and I hate to do this again because I've said it before, but if you, there's really no place. I think I said this during Prager yesterday. I get confused sometimes doing multiple shows a day, but... There, there really is no room in the middle of this. I don't think there's a fence upon which one can sit. There's just no fence there where you can say, I'm a little bit pro-life, I'm a little bit pro-death. No, you are either on one side or the other. But if you find yourself for in some strange, mystical, magical way in the middle on this, this ought to tip you to the side of pro-life as much as, if not more than anything. Watch that video at alwayswrite.us. Watch that video and tell me how you can possibly say, I am pro-death. I am pro the party and the side that says, abortion on demand, any time, for any reason. No one gets to check us. I want you to see if you can say that once you watch 
that five-minute video at alwaysright.us. That's alwaysright.us. Eric is in Kirtland. Eric, thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, so I agree with you uh, on the uh, identity politics uh, from, from the last segment that you did. Uh, and as frustrating as that is with a political party celebrating someone's race or sexual orientation, whatever the case may be, the real frustrating head-scratching part for me is uh, there are times, and the one that readily comes to mind that I mentioned to your call screener was Winsome Sears in uh, the lieutenant governor in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. She was celebrated as an African-American woman by the right, and uh, it just seems to me as the definition of the right uh no, no let, me why, let me tell you why let me tell you why you're wrong let me tell you why you're wrong the okay. right didn't celebrate her for being a black woman the right simply pointed out that she is taking criticism as a black woman from the left. It's kind of like what Sonny Hostin said about the black conservative woman that was on the panel with her a couple of days ago, which we talked extensively okay. about. Um, black women and black men like Tim Scott, they're not allowed to have their own thoughts and be Republicans or conservatives. And it's pretty doggone courageous when they are. It takes courage yeah. to be black and to be called a race traitor. You know who, you know who I have the extraordinarily utmost respect for? Black cops. Black, because cops are considered the enemy of the black community, and this has been put Absolutely. into their heads by the American left. So when a when a black man says, "I want to help my community, I want to protect and serve my community, I want to protect and serve other black people," I hope I'm assigned to a a district where there's a high people, a high uh, majority of population of people who look like me, so I can save them from bad people. That takes courage because they are automatically considered sellouts in 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 much of their community. How dare you be black sure. and join the enemy? You traded in your black skin for a blue uniform. You're not black anymore. So so Winsome Sears was celebrated by the right, not, hey, look at the racial aspect of this. It was courage. That's courageous because you know you're going to get slaughtered by uh, the black left for, for daring to actually have your own opinions and be a conservative. I didn't see the. I heard some of the highlights from the view uh, exchange and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, all the, the 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 heavier portions of it. So yeah. that's an interesting perspective. It wasn't. That's not a. That's not a way that I I had thought about it. So so I I, I take that um, in consideration. It's just okay. It's, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort to uh, to maintain the high ground. Basically, is, is what it. Seems yes, like. it does. It really does. And that's you yeah. know I give I give credit to the woman on the view. The 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 language that got the uh, most attention from that, by the way, which you probably saw, you said you saw the bigger portion of it, was when Sonny Hostin, who is a black woman, who is a, a lawyer, by the way, who is just brazenly racist, she said, black Republican is an oxymoron. The two things can't yeah. exist. It's like dry water. Wait a minute. It can't be dry. It's water. It can't be water. It's dry. It's an oxymoron. You can't be black and Republican. You can't be a Republican and be black. It's like Joe Biden saying, you're not black if you, if, if you didn't vote for me. Right. Um, exactly. calling, calling a black Republican an oxymoron is just so incredibly insulting to black people everywhere who have their own thoughts right. and say, I won't be... I won't be forced to think a certain way because my skin is darker than somebody else's. I'm going to think the way my brain and my morals and my heart and my soul tell me to think. And to be insulted in such a way is, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. And, uh, and that's why I yeah. say it's courageous for women, uh, and men, blacks, black people generally, uh, who stand up for what they believe, knowing they're going to be called names and, and perhaps cast out of their own communities. 
Completely agree. Yeah, cur- courage is the way, and we just got to we got to keep fostering it. Yes, sir. Hundred percent agree. All right, Eric. Thank Great you for the fun. call. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, thanks for for being open minded to the other side of that too. We we do, we don't do that racial identity thing. Winsome Sears is wonderful because Winsome Sears is wonderful. She just was great. I remember the speech she gave. I remember talking about her, her guns and so forth. I mean, she's just a tremendous person uh, and, and a wonderful representative of the conservative uh, community, the conservative ideology of patriots. She's wonderful. The fact that she's black is just a, it's not something we want to focus on, but it's just a man and she's black, right? The difference between, you know, Kareen Jean-Pierre, the first black gay person to ever be press secretary. I mean, it's the headline, black and gay, black and gay. What are her qualifications? Doesn't matter, black and gay. Well, what about this? Shut up, she's black and she's gay. Do you understand? Criticize her. You're racist and homophobic. Shut up about her qualifications or her history or what she has said in the past. She's black and gay. You leave her alone. That is very, very different than Winsome Sears is awesome. What a great message. And oh, by the way, she happens to be black. What a courageous thing that is for her to do. I hope people see the difference between those. Right back to it we go. Vince in Westlake, AM 1420, The Answer, and Always Right Radio. Hey, Vince, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. As always, thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Uh, Two quick points, and I guess actually questions. Okay. Um, going back to your uh, comments, be right at the uh, before the top of the hour, before the news, um, and that is with the protest with the or the um, Supreme Court justices outside their houses. It's been well established. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's been well established that it's against federal law to intimidate, threaten uh, any type of coercion of a Supreme Court Supreme Court justice. Is that? Not, not just true. a supreme, not just a supreme court. No, you're correct. It is federal law. It says any judge or witness or attorney or anybody involved with a case, a trial, a juror, anybody that is involved with the case, uh, you are not allowed to picket or protest or parade outside of the place where they work or their residence in order to try to intimidate them into deciding a case your way. Uh, it is indeed a federal law, punishable by fines and a year in prison or both. All right, so my question is, is simply this. My first question is, um, why are the these people not being arrested? Why are the police, uh, state troopers, National Guard, if need be, out here arresting these people and barricading and stopping these people from entering into a situation where they're going to be intimidating these judges, um, anybody, as you said, that, that that's the first thing that's blowing my mind. Um, Let me answer uh, that before you go to number two. This is just a, because I've been wondering it too. Um, The only answer I can come up with, Vince, is there has to be a complaint made. Um, I I, I don't know this, but I think if Brett Kavanaugh or Sam Alito or any one of those whose homes are being, you know, besieged by this, these protesters, um, if they call the police and say, I'm calling to file a complaint, I want my sidewalk cleared, these people are violating a federal law. Um, now, because it is a federal law, I don't know. Can police officers go out there and enforce a federal statute if they are local police officers? Or do they have to call the FBI? I don't, I don't know all of that, but I think a complaint would have to be filed, and um, maybe they don't want to uh, make the situation worse by doing so. That's a, just a guess. But I think a complaint has to be filed before police can can you know can or would be dispatched okay. to break up a crowd. 
Okay. All right. That's just a thought. Second question. What's number two? Yep. No, I I agree. That's a a great thought. You're right. Um, Second question is, uh, again, a simple one. You've got, uh, how do you call her, Peppermint Patty? I call, there, her prop- I call her Propaganda Patty. I started calling her Peppermint Patty. Patty. Yeah, I started right, calling her Pe- Peppermint Patty the way Dan Bongino does because she looks identical to Peppermint Patty. But then a friend of mine said, you <laughs> yes, know what? Does. Yeah, a friend of mine said Propaganda Patty works better, and I said, you're doggone right it does. And so I, I, it that's what I It certainly does. Yes, it does. <laughs> so anyway, go So ahead. speaking of propaganda, she stands up there and basically encourages the protesters, the rioters, saying that, you know, peaceful, we encourage it as long as peaceful. Well, you know, you can't. It's against federal law. So you've got her doing that, number one. You've got Schumer. We, we've all heard his rhetoric and his rant and completely, you know, unhinged uh, railing. You against, have uh, released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. That one? There you go. Okay. So my question is simply this. They can get away with that. But Donald Trump at a January 6th rally, says, quote, unquote, I encourage you to peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard at the Capitol. And today, uh, we're well over a year past that. I know, I personally know people that weren't even there that thought about going there, must have talked to some group or something like that about going that, that have been visited by the FBI. And we all know that there's people still being held uh, without due process just because of the fact that they were there. How do these two things uh, coexist? How do Propaganda Patty, Schumer, and all the rest of their ilk, and there's plenty of it, you've got plenty of audio of, of all these people around, to say all this stuff, stir this up, incite all these uh, uh, riots and everything else that they're doing, and Donald Trump says this, and they want to put him in jail, they want to put everybody that was there in jail, and that, I, I just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm lost. You you do know the reason, and uh, it's something that Peter Kersenow a- answers me when I ask him questions like this one, and he said, well, it's just a very simple matter of if it weren't for double standards, Democrats would have no standards at all. Uh, they get away. Yep. They get away with the double standards because the media will not hold them to account for it. The media will try to hold Donald Trump to account for something he didn't do, such as incite a riot. Uh, that he did. They, they will ignore the fact that he said this. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Compare that to... Tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. So just to chew on that a little bit, those are the double standards. Vince, thank you for the call. Great points you made the entire way through. News time now. More calls after this. Tell you what, if uh, Pastor Jeff Toring doesn't wake you out, wake you up from that slumber, I don't know if anything will. Those numbers are staggering, staggering. I won't 
do an entire segment on it, but I will just say that people can't afford their health insurance. People can't afford their co-pays. People can't afford their prescription drug coverage. And the salaries that you just heard there are being made, I'm not suggesting they don't deserve that doctors and nurses and those charged with saving lives are not earning their money. Certainly they are. But the amount of money that it costs to pay people like that to run these centers, knowing full well that if they took instead of, I don't know, instead of $214,000 per month, that if they took, I don't know, $150,000 per month, all of those individuals could provide so many services for so many more people without bankrupting them and putting them into into positions where they have to file bankruptcy, uh, lose their, their homes, lose their apartments, lose their vehicles to repossession and, and foreclosures and such. It's just simply staggering to me. The medical community, and again, I'm not going to say if I get sick, I'm not going to a doctor. But the medical community, the medical industry in the United States of America is one of the biggest and worst rackets, I believe, uh, in, in all the world. It truly, truly is. Um, it is a, it is a, the other thing that Pastor Jeff Toring features on some of those ads that you hear. He talks, to, talks about the story that I talked about. As a matter of fact, if, matter of fact I interviewed the boy's mother. In fact, Pastor Toring may or may not have gotten the actual story from me uh, on this program. But I interviewed the boy's mother, the little nine-year-old boy who cannot get his life-saving kidney transplant from his father, who is a perfect match because dad isn't vaccinated. It's just it's staggering. And that's the Cleveland Clinic with all of those people making all of that money, making those kinds of decisions. No uh, surgery, no life-saving kidney transplant for nine-year-old Tanner until dad takes the jab. Dad takes the jab or the kid dies is essentially what Cleveland Clinic has told that poor family. It's unbelievable. Okay, back to the phones. I don't want to dwell on it. As I said, we've got a lot of other things to do and a lot of other irons in our fire. Let's go to Parma. Barbara, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer on Always Right Radio. Thanks, Bob, for taking the call. You know, it's been a little while ago that I read a book, a short, uh, it was a real fast read, but it was a very interesting book about Hillary Clinton. And in it, um, one of the things that I remember, like it was just 10 minutes ago that I put the book down and it said that the statement from Hillary was her idol, her her person that she truly, truly looked up to was Margaret Sanger. That's right. She, yeah. she she received an award. I remember that as that as well. Hillary yep. Clinton was uh, re- received an award. She was the recipient of an annual Margaret Sanger Award. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly right. what you have to stand for in order to receive such an award, but Planned Parenthood uh, founder Margaret Sanger, the uh, Sanger Award, was given to Hillary Clinton. And yes, in her response in accepting that award, she spoke glowingly oh, of yeah. Sanger, was, who was a racist she, and she a was eugenicist. The most, important, mm-hmm, most important person. Can I ask you another question? Mm-hmm. Sure. A short one? Sure. I'm, I'm not against. Um, all of the dollars that are going to Ukraine for the humanitarian aspect of things, mm-hmm. but but it, it just seems to me that there's there's a there's a question in my mind that I have to ask, and and you would be, I'm sure, able to handle this for me. 
how much of the billions that this country is sending over to Ukraine being funneled into any of Hunter's and Joe's and Jim's and Jill's interests over with Burmese? Burisma. I I don't know I I don't know if they actually still have any controlling interest in that. Uh Hunter was on the board at Burisma. Uh Correct. I do, I don't believe he is anymore. If he's drawing any kind of compensation, any kind of a you know, a pension or 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 anything of that nature, I'm unaware of it. So yeah. I think I think that when he was making millions off of his last name and providing access to the Obama White House through Vice President Joe Biden, that was when things were at their worst in terms of how much money uh, he was made and how he was, you know, completely and wholly unqualified. He's a uh-huh. crackhead uh, who knew nothing about energy, nothing about natural gas, nothing about Ukraine, didn't speak the Ukrainian right. language. How he's on that board, we all know the story there. Um, but but certainly there are relationships. There are relationships between the Bidens and some of the leadership in Ukraine. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But what 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 would give me pause before I say this is why they're sending all of this money over there because perhaps it's going to enrich themselves by way of that, you know, their their relationships. I would say if they really cared and wanted to do that, they would have gone ahead and provided uh the the um uh, the, the the fighter planes to uh, to um, uh, Poland, so that Poland could send their MiGs over to Ukraine to let Ukrainian fighters fly and really end this thing with Russia. Uh, one would think that if they were going to do something to, to benefit themselves through Ukraine, that they could do that. But they continue to want to play this thing out in this long game out, where rather than giving the fighter jets to Poland, so if you know the story. Apparently, the Ukrainian fighters don't know how to fly uh, the American uh, planes, but they can fly the uh, the MiGs that Poland has. Okay. So the goal See, here, I didn't, I, yeah, I, yeah. So the, the, the whole thing was here. They're not trained on those, but they're trained on the MiGs. Poland says we'll give you the MiGs so you can defend your airspace against attacks from Russia. We just need it replaced, and that's where Biden was supposed to come in. And he and the American, you know, federal government have decided no, we're not sending the planes to Poland. So they just want this thing to continue to be fought on the ground. And they continue to send. Well, now what was the latest out, outlay? Forty forty billion dollars to Ukraine. I think. Yeah, I heard thirty. It's kind of a mixed messaging. Point. It was thirty three. They, but they yeah, greenlit but, more than was originally asked for. Forty million was the last number I heard. But I have my. You know, my mind just goes way too deep into the woods to try to figure out what is their end game on getting that money over there. Humanitarian, yes, I, I agree with that. I think that that would be that would be fine. Same but here. I I think there's more more to it that we're not getting. See, if we send that, and, and you, you raise a very fair question, and I don't, I wish I had the answer, and I thank you for the call, Barbara. I'm going to move on to some other folks here, but if we're just sending military equipment, sending munitions, sending the javelins, sp- sending the, you know, again, if we provided planes for the transfer, essentially, of, of MiGs uh, to, uh, to Ukraine, if we're, if we're just doing those things, we're trying to help people defend themselves, and I'm okay with that. If we're sending some money for humanitarian needs as well, I'm okay with that too, to a degree. Being that this is a non-NATO country, we're obligated to do none of the above. But I'm okay with doing a lot of that because we have to stand up to Vladimir Putin and we need to show China and other radical, wild, nutjob enemies that we don't abandon people whenever they go out and take uh, full advantage of, of situations because we're just waiting for China to do something to Taiwan, right? Um, I'm okay with the military support 
and I'm okay with limited financial support for humanitarian reasons. But $40 billion? $40 billion that is not included with the actual military equipment? That's just a cash outlay? I, I need to know where every dollar of that is going. I want accounting done on that. What is that for? And I want to know if that money is being laundered or transferred or moved from one hand to another with all kinds of parlor tricks uh, to, you know, to, to enrich people, like you just said. Maybe the people that uh, the, the Bidens were in bed with before. Maybe. Uh, how about this? Totally speculative, but, but putting the pieces together. We know that Hunter Biden on that board at Burisma and Hunter Biden, who also made millions from the Chinese Communist Party, we know that there are things that the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian leadership of their energy companies know about Hunter Biden. And they know about what access they were given to Joe Biden and to the Obama White House because of that relationship. What if this money, you suggested, Barbara, that this is money going to the Bidens? What if it's not? But what if it's going because it's hush money? Right? What if this isn't money that keeps the Ukrainians who know what Hunter Biden was into and what access was sold to Joe Biden while he was vice president, which would be <laughs> which would be career ending and perhaps Democrat Party ending? What if this is hush money? What if this is money going into Ukrainian hands to keep quiet what they know about what they did with the Bidens during the, the Obama administration? That is something I could get behind. That is something I would say I, I need more information. Of course, I won't make the accusation. It's just speculation. But that's something that I would want to investigate a little bit more. I doubt very seriously that there is money going from the U.S. government to the Ukrainians and then backwards into the hands of the Bidens again. I don't think so. But could that money be, be used to repay favors for silence? I think that's, I think that's in the realm of possibility. Let's go to Westlake. Charlie is back on AM 1420, The Answer. Charlie, don't hey, do it again today. Don't tell me that we need to overturn <laughs> Obergefell, too, and make us all look like conspiracy nuts. Don't do it to us, brother. I'm, I'm not the only one. But anyway, <laughs> I, think we're, I think words matter, and we got to stop calling these people that are intimidating our, chief ju- our justices anything but insurrectionists. They want to call us that the people that went to January 6th insurrectionists, they were protesters. Well, these people are definitely trying to in- intimidate our republic, so we got to start calling them insurrectionists. What do you think? I concur. This is true insurrection. You know, they, they like to use that term because, you know, it was an attack on the Capitol and the way they try to use the, um, and it was an attack on the Capitol. Don't get me wrong. There were some bad guys who broke some windows, climbed some walls, tried to literally break into the Capitol, but that number was very, very few. What was very, very large was the number of people who walked in to open doors, escorted by police officers. He said, don't, don't break anything, uh, but go on in. <clears throat> And these people are all charged as insurrectionists. That's not insurrection. What's insurrection is what you're seeing right now, Charlie. You're 100% right. And, and thanks for the call. That is an attempt to sway a judge, or in this case justices, on the Supreme Court through the use of intimidation to change their vote or change a decision that they are going to make that will impact American life, that will impact Americans' lives by way of what the Constitution says. And the Constitution, of course, never said anything about abortion. So to legalize abortion 
federally the way that it did was to completely bastardize the Constitution. So to try to change the judiciary, to attack the judiciary, to intimidate the judiciary into doing something that they want, making a decision they want, that is a true attack on democracy. They love to use that phrase. You've got to protect democracy. Trump is a threat to democracy. No. The threat to democracy is the American left that is trying to literally intimidate, scare, harass, cajole, coerce, or whatever word you want to use, uh, Supreme Court justices into changing their votes so that they have continued access to, to killing babies. That's the reality. That's exactly what this is. Make no mistake about it. And yes, the Brandon administration supports it. The Brandon administration has literally suggested, not suggested, stated that they hope it continues peacefully, but that it continues. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. We continue to encourage that peaceful protesting outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. That means we are encouraging people to commit federal or to violate federal laws, peaceful or otherwise, if the intent is to harass or intimidate these justices into changing their votes, then it is a violation of federal law. And Propaganda Patty just threw her boss, President Joe Brandon, under the bus and said the president's position is that these people should continue to violate federal law. Chew on that. We'll be right back. Wallach a doodle. Tanya's in Akron next on AM 1420, The Answer and Always Right Radio. Hi, Tanya, go ahead. Hey, Bob, how are you? Doing well, thank you. No, every time I get on the phone, I start with one topic, and you all, your comments and your other callers get me to change my mind. <laughs> That's the name so, of the game. <laughs> so, one, the new Margaret, Margaret Sanger, live and in living color, is Janet Yellen. So, anytime you put up a picture of Margaret Sanger or talk about it, put Janet Yellen up there. Because she spoke the words of abortion and killing babies from a financial perspective when Tim Scott, when Tim Scott was uh, questioning her yesterday, two days ago. You're right. So, so we know that we need to say Margaret Sanger nominated by President Brandon. Secondly, you had uh, someone that said, I uh, recall it before, is why, you know, what can we do? One, being okay with being called a ultra-maga person and figure out what that means to you, that you want babies to live, you want lower taxes because lower taxes help everyone keep money in their pocket, you want to get rid of groomers in business and in communities and in schools, and you want your First Amendment right Strong. That was what, that's for me, that is what ultra MAGA means. Making America great again by getting my rights back that the government took that God gave me in the first place. Well, and how do we do that? 
Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. I thought you were done. Go ahead. How do we do that? Stop being freaking afraid. Let your, your, you had someone said, why didn't the people called in a protesting in front of uh, Alito's house, their neighbors? Because they're afraid. They don't want to be called racist. I'm a black who votes Republican. I am called a coon. I'm called anti-self. I'm called an Uncle Tom. Do you think I really give a crap anymore? You're an oxymoron. Remember? That's what Sonny Holston says. You're an oxymoron. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Stop being afraid of being called a racist by your friends, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, and stop believing there's an 11th commandment called, Thy shall be kind. There is no such commandment. Period. Wake up, America. We're losing it. And cut off the money supply to your your kids who are, want to go to these elite schools, they come back and hate you. Stop it. Just stop well, it. Well, Tanya, I'm going to respond to a little, and thanks for the call. I don't have a ton of time to respond to all of it. It's 11 o'clock now, but I'll respond to, uh, uh, respond rather to the um, ultra MAGA uh, label that Biden seems to want to throw on people now. If MAGA means make America great again, and if MAGA or MAGA, if you prefer, means that means continuing to provide opportunities for the American dream again for all persons of all colors of all well both sexes to achieve their dreams to get great educations to become tremendously successful professionals and employees or tradesmen or or military personnel or business owners and entrepreneurs because that's what making America great again is all about if being great as a country, which means the people that make up the country are successful. If that's what MAGA means, then call me Ultra MAGA. I'm fine with that. Call me Super Ultra MAGA. Throw as many modifiers as you want in there. Let everybody know that we're Ultra MAGA, because what MAGA is, is great for all American people, rather than people standing in food lines to find empty shelves at inflated prices, the kind of America we're living in now. We'll be back after the news. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three on the way now. Nine minutes past 11 o'clock on AM 1420. The answer. 440 now. National average for a gallon of gas is $4.40. 
Three cents higher than yesterday's all-time record of 437, which was a few cents higher than the day before's all-time record. This continues to be the case. Where's it top out at? Where does it end? Five? Five fifty? It's already get for diesel, it's already five fifty, guaranteeing an increase in prices on everything you'll find in every store you visit. Groceries, clothing, auto parts, sporting goods, you name it, it's all gonna be jacked up. All because of the cost of gasoline. And it's all because of the policies of Joe Brandon. It is just that simple. How do we know? Well, Believe it or not, he actually admitted it. He actually admitted it. He said, we're in charge. We're the ones that control the government. We're the ones that control everything about the government. So, yeah, it's you're not wrong to blame us. He kind of said that, for real. Come on, Joe, say it, for real. Believe that your administration is not doing enough to combat inflation. And do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? First is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. You're justifiably right. First of all, you don't control all three branches of the government, because the three branches of the government are the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. You are not in control of the judiciary, although you are trying to by encouraging left-wing lunatics and pro-death cult members to go out there and intimidate and influence the judiciary. You're trying, but you're not. What you mean to say is you control the the Oval Office and the House and the Senate. You control two branches of the government. The law breaking, or the law, (laughs) another another Freudian slip, the lawmaking or lawmaker branch, the legislative, and then the executive branch. You do control those three things, no question about that. And yes, that's why we blame you. Exactly right. How much can we endure? April inflation, 8.3%. Gas prices, a new record high, $4.40 a gallon. Stock market continuing to plummet. People losing their retirements. People are, you know, you remember how when the stock market was continuing to rise and set new records day after day after day after day during the Trump administration? And he would tout that, and the left would scream, oh, there's Trump, all proud of what he's doing for his millionaires and billionaires. That's what this is all about, helping the millionaires and billionaires who own all of this stock. Well, regular Main Street Americans, middle Americans, middle class America, we don't own stock. We're not benefiting from that record high stock market. How about giving us real things that we can use? Remember all of that? And we tried to tell you that. Are you serious right now? Because do you plan on retiring someday? Because if you do, the value of your retirement portfolio via 401k or IRA or what have you is going to be largely determined by the gains that it makes right now. We tried to tell them and they wouldn't listen. Maybe they'll listen now as people get their quarterly reports from their uh, retirement manager in their offices and their workplaces or they get their, uh, you know, their investors report about their IRA, and they see that it lost $15,000 last quarter because the stock market is crashing. Not crashing, but plummeting. Massive sell-offs, huge losses. It matters to middle-class Americans. If you don't get that, then I honestly don't think there's any way to help you. But when the stock market rises, we all benefit Whether you own stock in Microsoft or Apple or Amazon or any of the other huge companies, 
whether you own stock in them or not, you are going to benefit from the management uh, uh, companies that in, do indeed uh, buy those things on your behalf. If you are in, you don't see what they buy when you're in your retirement fund or you're in your 401k or your IRA. You trust them to buy the right things, quite frankly. It's kind of like what we talked about when um, Josh Mandel went after Mike Gibbons on that stage about Chinese investments. The odds are pretty good that Mike Gibbons had no idea what his investment managers bought, what funds they bought, which ones they didn't, how much they made, where they came from, and so on and so forth. Because generally speaking, clients hire people and pay them to do that on their behalf. Same thing is true with your retirement fund. So all of these things continue to go in the wrong direction. Stock market plummeting, gas prices skyrocketing, inflation steady at an all-time high rate, and the left thinks they deserve more power. How about that? Let's go back to the phones. We're going to go to, where are we here? I seem to have lost my place. I believe it's Brian in Cleveland who is up next. Brian, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob, how's it going this morning? Going well, Brian. What's up? 539 this morning to put fuel in my truck. 70 gallons, 75 gallons, just about 400 bucks to start the Unbelievable. day. Unbelievable. Without Unbelievable. even getting a load yet. Yeah, uh-huh. let's go, Brandon. But uh any rate, like I told the screener, I'm curious, you know, where is all this money coming from that, you know, $40 billion for this, $10 billion for that, we're sending all this aid to Ukraine. What are we getting in return? Is it a loan? Are we going to get something back? Are we just printing money out of thin air? Are we going to take the money, say, from the Pakistani gender studies and reallocate it to Ukraine or (laughs) save the world with the trees? Because I know in my family budget, I can't just move the chess pieces around without somebody, you know, taking the hit for it. Well, you you just said a word that I've never quite understood why nobody talks about. You said the word loan. Um, We have been borrowing money from countries around the world whose economies are smaller than ours, um, for, for decades. That's why we owe, we have a $32 trillion national debt. We owe Japan. We owe China. We owe so many countries because we're borrowing money from them to grease our economy. Why is it that when we talk about a $40 billion outlay to Ukraine, it's not we are loaning the Ukrainians $40 billion to fight their war and defend themselves against Russia? Why can't this be we want to help you? We want you to get the munitions you need. We want you to provide, you know, have the humanitarian need that you need or, or, or uh, materials that you need. And here we're going to loan you the money. We expect you to pay it back at some point over the course of time, like we are doing in other cases. But why is it always give, 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 as if the United States isn't $32 trillion in debt? And we've got all of this money floating around here that we can just afford, as you say, to move around a chessboard. It's remarkable to me. Nobody talks about getting paid back for these things. It makes me sick to my stomach with Bob. I'm actually speechless. I, I don't know what to say. It, I really don't know what to say. Well, I'm just glad you brought it up because uh, I hadn't thought about it in those terms, but you're exactly right. Nobody talks about loans. We borrow money all the time, but nobody can borrow money from us. For us, it's always got to be we're giving it because we're America's benefactor. Uh, thank you for the call, Brian. We're America's benefactor. We're the charitable outreach program. We're the ones who, you know, we're the world's police. and And we are. And we should be. I would rather be in charge of policing the world if anybody has to do that job. I'd rather be the police than the policed. I'd rather be somebody that people look to because we are living in a safe society. We are, we are kind of a, an international model for safety, security, and strength. I would rather be that than be somebody who needs somebody to come to their rescue. 
But I'll tell you what, I'm not loving the fact that we're the world's benefactor. Everybody has a need. Come to the United States. Ask them for funds. Do we loan it to them and say, sure, here you go, simple interest. This is what it will cost you to pay back starting in 2030 or whatever the case might be. Nope, it's just give it away. But every time we need assistance, every time we need money, we end up borrowing it from some of America's, let's just say, uh, less than favorable uh, countries uh, with, with, with whom we have relationships. And obviously I speak of the Chinese Communist Party. Joanne is in Twinsburg next. Hi, Joanne, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I'm like Tanya. I sit on hold and I think of five other things I want to say. That's all right. Go ahead. Lay <laughs> but first there. of all, I want her to know that the only reason I know she's black is because she said so on air. I don't care. <laughs> I like the way well, you people know think. I, 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 I'm what the same way. Like. That's what I said. That's what I said to a <laughs> yeah. previous caller about about Winsome Sears, the lieutenant governor. God, in, I love in, her. In, I mean, Virginia. She's great. I don't care that she's black either, but <laughs> yeah. I will salute the fact that she's black and she's willing to take these Republican and conservative oh, stands publicly. Absolutely, I, I because, love her to death because and it's, I just it's want courageous. Her to know that there are yeah. people out there that appreciate the way she thinks. Yeah, amen to that. But, I, I do. And, my other thing I wanted to talk about was with this abortion thing. I never thought I'd hear myself say these words, but thank God for Mitch McConnell. If he wouldn't have done what he did, Merrick Garland would be on the Supreme Court. This man is so corrupt and so disgusting. He's got his hands in every dirty little deed this government is doing. Can you imagine if he would have made it on the Supreme Court? We have to give Mitch McConnell credit for that. I could not agree with you more. Mitch McConnell did the right thing when uh, Obama tried to appoint Garland in an election year, and then he did the right thing by shepherding through three of Trump's uh, in, uh, uh, nominations. I completely Absolutely. concur. The, the, the only thing I might say in response, though, that is a little bit contrary is that if Merrick Garland had uh, been on the court, he's one of nine votes, he probably can't do quite as much damage as he can do as the Attorney General of the United States. The difference being, of course, he's term-limited here with Biden. If he was on the court, he'd be there for a lifetime. So, yeah, cocaine Mitch, as uh, some people like to call him, Mitch McConnell, absolutely did the right thing in keeping him off the court and then again shepherding not just through the three trump appointees to the um, uh to the supreme court but just dozens and does hundreds really hundreds of conservative minded uh jurists to federal benches but the across single, the country the single years. best one was keeping garland off the supreme court oh no doubt that, that, that's the key yeah that's the yeah. best i'm just pointing out that for all of the grief that mitch mcconnell takes and so much of it is yeah. earned and deserved he deserves credit for his handling of the judicial appointments both in the case of of denying Garland that shot, and then uh, again shepherding through so many of Trump's appointments, it was his, it's clearly his biggest legacy uh, to this country as a senator and as the Senate Majority Leader. Thank you, uh, Joe, and I appreciate the phone call. It's ten twenty. Um, how much are you paying right now? Where what what you fill it up for? Last time you went. For me, I had to fill up. I I, I just got uh, a, a, it's a twenty. It's an F one fifty. It's a twenty gallon. I filled it up, and this is with discounted prices at Sam's Club. I think it was like three ninety six. It cost me eighty six dollars, eighty six dollars, in my twenty plus gallon uh, uh, truck to fill up that truck just a few days ago. What was the last price you paid, and how much is it costing you? And moreover, what are you going to do to offset that in your monthly budget? Because I don't have that much money in my monthly budget to put to gas. I'm going to have to move something around and rob Peter to pay Paul. What are you doing to be able to fi- to be able to uh, to fill that tank the way you have to? 
20 and 5? There you go. That's it? Yes, sir. Uh, look at 40. I pulled in to buy some gasoline. Highest prices I had ever seen. It's cheaper just to rent a limousine. Don't make enough to pay for my gasoline. Passing up is taking every dime Never thought I'd ever see a time When fuel's considered cheap at 315 I can't afford to pay For my gasoline yeah, Give me half a tank on three Yes, sir Fill her up Rob me blind before I drive away Gonna have to walk to work today Might have to sell my house and everything Just so that I can pay For my gasoline I drive out of my way For cheap gasoline Somebody help me pay. 10.25, real quick, AM 14.20, the answer. <clears throat> I mentioned something to you. You can find the story at alwaysright.us. But I mentioned something to you before about... Um, Groomer cereal. Uh, yeah, groomer cereal. They're now going after your kids through their breakfast cereal. Kellogg's has been partnering, apparently, with GLAD, which is the GLEDD. It's like Gay and Lesbian Alliance and something about DD. I don't even know what it means. I don't care. I'm tired of the alphabet mafia. Together with Pride cereal is now being sold by Kellogg's in partnership with GLAD. Together with Pride Cereal marks the latest chapter in a years-long partnership with GLAD and is the evolution of the much-loved All Together Cereal, which previously much-loved, I'd never heard of it, which was available only online, apparently, according to General Manager of Kellogg U.S. Cereal Category, Doug Vandeveld. Our delicious new recipe features berry-flavored rain, berry rainbow hearts dusted with edible glitter. We can't wait for fans to try our latest limited run. Now, it's one thing to say, okay, Rainbow Cereal, you know, sponsored by GLAD, whatever. It's another thing when you listen to what they're doing with the money when you buy it. Limited edition together with Pride Cereal hits shelves across the country today, marking the latest collaboration between Kellogg's and GLAD. LGBTQ plus icons and friends of GLAD will start their day with the new cereal to celebrate that no matter who you are or who you love, you are too awesome to fit into a cereal box. What? Fans can get involved by joining the hashtag boxes are for cereal challenge via TikTok. Shocker. 
And for every box purchased and by uploading your receipt, Kellogg's will donate $3, up to 140000 total, to support GLAD's efforts in accelerating acceptance and advancing equality for the LGBTQ plus XYZ ampersand exclamation point question mark hashtag dollar sign community. So not only will your kids receive free indoctrination every time they open their cereal box now, but you will fund GLAD's mission to groom children into a, an alternative lifestyle with every purchase. How about that? That's fantastic. But it's not over yet. On the side of the box, because on the front of the box is all of those Kellogg's characters you love. I see Tony the Tiger. I see the three, uh, 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 what do you call them? The, the, the elves or whatever they are. The Snap, Crackle, and Pop, whatever you call it. I see the Toucan dude. I see the Frog dude. And I see all these attract your kids with cartoons, then indoctrinate them on the side of the box with their own pronouns. Yep. On the side of the box, with Toucan Sam up on top and the Snap, Crackle, Pop characters down below, are the words he slash him, she slash her, they slash them, and add your own with two blank spots, blank slash blank and blank slash blank. Make up your own identity. Don't worry about that whole science thing. Don't worry about the fact that you are biologically a boy or a girl, and that ain't but two genders, two genders, ain't nothing but men and women. Don't worry about that little simple biological scientific chromosomal fact. Just make up whatever you want to be, because these cute little funny colorful cartoons tell you that you can, and that you should. Bottom line, PJ Media writing, groomers are everywhere. Parents, you need to remain vigilant to protect your kids from the uh, alphabet rainbow warriors, the indoctrination and gender insanity madness. Here at PJ Media, they write, we refuse to lie about gender. We'll continue to call a man a man and a woman a woman, even if it costs us money in the form of lost revenue, which it has. The only way to protect our kids from the lies of the gender cult is to proclaim the truth, to shout it from the hilltops. We cannot back down from this fight. There's too much at stake. If you'd like to join us in the battle to keep our children safe, become a PJ Media VIP member today. I think I'm going to do exactly that. Together we can push back against the lies and disinformation of the left and protect our kids' innocent. Use the promo code FIGHTBACK for a 25% discount on your membership. I would advise people to do that. To do that, I have no stake in this. I just saw the story, wanted to share the story because, well, it's what we need to do. We need to inform one another of these kinds of things and the kinds of tactics they will use to pull in your kids. All of the cartoons, all of the and the sweetest sugary cereal you can find to make sure that the kids say, Mom, I want that. Dad, I want that. Oh, it's Tony and it's Toucan. Oh, and it's, it's Diggum and, 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 and Snap, Crackle, and Puck all in the same box. Yeah, I want that one. Oh, Mom, what, what am I? Am I a he or a she or a they or an ixi or an xm? And a, or, or am I a non-binary? Am I a two-spirit? I'm a, am I a half-goat, half-unicorn? What am I, Mom? I don't know what I am. This is what they're doing. And if you're not afraid of it, you ought to be. And if you are, you ought to be fighting it. No matter what the cereal box tries to tell you, you remind your children that ain't but two genders. Two genders ain't nothing but men and women. Back after the news. Giving you reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob Frantz and the answer. 
because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, extremely patriotic, extremely loyal, extremely faithful, extremely devoted to real science, extremely devoted to real equality and not equity or D.I.E. Yeah, you can call that extreme. Okay, then. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. I'm sick of this stuff. (laughs) Uh, Let's go back to it. Navy man Norm is in Strongsville. Good morning, Norm. You're on the air, sir. Go ahead. As the saying goes, Bob, you ain't seen nothing yet. This summer, we are going to see food shortages like we've never, ever experienced. You know, in the last six months, there has been over 20 separate incidents of food distribution centers, meatpacking companies, burning down, being firebombed, and being uh, two with drone planes crashing into the plants. Just a mere coincidence. Just a mere coincidence. But I was listening to the weather this morning, and they said, right now, half of the United States is suffering drought conditions. This is in early May. So comes July, comes August, it is going to be hell on earth. And all of these wonderful MAGA haters, you know, and it's funny, you know, he he mentions this MAGA like it's a dirty word. Well, I work. I wear it with pride because it tells me that I'm doing the right thing because I'm a person who believes in God. I believe in my country. I serve my country because of all the blessings that my country has given me and my family. And I stand by my family. Now, I don't know who he stands by. To me, he stands by Satan. And that's the only word I can think of. He's for abortion. He's for infanticide. But we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. But come summertime, Bob, mark my words, we're going to see hell on earth. Because when there's going to be major food shortages, and I mean major, uh, there's going to be food riots. And right now, where's the baby formula? Where is the baby formula? I mean, this is the United States of America, and we can't produce baby formula? We have to rely on some foreign country. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, our foreign countries like Indonesia just blocked all exports of cooking oils, all exports of soybean oil, corn oil, any sunflower oil. Indonesia has blocked it. And they're the, one of the premier providers of it. Sweden is blocking their exports of food. Finland. Uh, Germany, by the way, has warned all of its citizens they better have at least 10 days supply of food and water on hand. And I mean, this was on TV the other day, but I mean, this uh, mega hating 79 year old flatulent fool masquerading as president. He thinks it's cute. The, the extreme or the Uber mega crowd. Yeah. Well, we'll see about the Uber mega crowd because we're the only ones that are working to keep this country going. This is his. Um, this this is this is Biden's. You know, deplorables moment. This is he's got to find a name to try to lump all what he doesn't recognize, of course, or maybe he has forgotten. And thank you for the call, Norm. Is that when uh, Hillary Clinton called 
believers in the Bible and believers in in the Second Amendment, the Constitution, and the country, when she called them all a basket of deplorables, it unified the people who were in that basket like never before, and it probably is what triggered her ultimate defeat at the hands of Donald Trump in the election. Joe Biden is doing the same thing now. He's trying to minimize or marginalize conservatives just by calling them uber MAGA as if, or ultra MAGA, as if MAGA is a bad thing because MAGA is associated with Trump. Trump is a bad thing. Trump was impeached. Trump led the insurrection on January 6th and all the other lies that they tell about him. So calling people ultra MAGA is supposed to be the ultra insult. What they don't understand is that MAGA is so much more than one man. It is so much more than even Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not MAGA. Donald Trump may have started the movement. Donald Trump may have made the hats. Donald Trump may have been the guy that was the face of it, but he is not what MAGA is. Making America great again will outlive any one man, and it will certainly outlive any one man's presidency, including President Trump's. Being MAGA means truly being dedicated to the Constitution, the Declaration, the belief that all men are created equal, the belief that it, that equal opportunity must be provided for everyone, and everyone gets a chance to share in the glory and the majesty of this great country. But it is not guaranteed to anyone. Not by equity standards, not by inclusion standards, none of those things. Opportunity is what America promises. Nothing more, nothing less. And everyone has that same opportunity. So that's what MAGA stands for. And if that's what it stands for, then call me ultra MAGA. Call me super magna mag MAGA. Try saying that five times fast. I'm super magna mama. I didn't know it. Say I couldn't. Magna MAGA. How about that? Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic in Lakewood. Hey, Charlie, go ahead, sir. Morning, Bob. Yeah, I'll take some ultra. I'll take some ultra ma- uh, MAGA if it uh, means two dollars a gallon again. I'll take that too. You know, I I started driving diesel vehicles back in 2006 when I got my first one, and back then that was when diesel fuel was always cheaper than gasoline. And and, it, and shortly after that, it it flipped over to the other side. But I rationalized that if I can stay and do an average of 20 miles per gallon with the amount of driving that I do, that it would actually be cost-effective all the way up to if, if there was ever a difference between a dollar a gallon between gasoline and diesel fuel. And until recently, I've been able to do that. And now it's getting to the point to where having a diesel vehicle for all the abuse that I put you know, on my tow truck, on my plow truck, mm-hmm. uh, it's getting hard to justify that and now it's starting to affect my bottom line here to where you know there's only one way to compensate for this and that's to raise prices so now a $35 tow is a $55 tow yeah. now a $20 oil change is a, is a $30 oil change well you know what the what, answer is don't you though charlie I mean, you know, it's your own I, fault. I, I, you keep you keep I going go back and forth between. Truck. There you go. You beat me to it. It was your own <laughs> fault. You keep going back and forth between diesel and the regular, and the time is right for an EV tow truck. Let's go, Charlie. That's all the time I got, my brother. Thanks for the call. Let's go, Charlie. But best of all, Enjoy let's go, Brandon. Silence. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.